0: Hello and welcome to Fast Charge. I am your host, Dom, and I'm joined this week by our stalwart faithful, Lewis and Toddy. Hello. Hello. We have a pretty busy slate for us this week because we have an actual phone launch, the first one in a little while. The Huawei Mate X2 is real... It's incredible looking, the hardware is absolutely beautiful, none of us are ever going to be able to buy one, but that doesn't matter (laughs) because we want it. Uh, So we are going to talk all things Huawei Mate X2 and also Harmony OS, which we know is now on the way pretty soon. Uh, After that, we're going to turn our critical eye to Android updates and how terrible they are. Uh, This is triggered by the fact that Samsung has confirmed that it is going to give four years of security updates to new Galaxy devices which is even more than Google guarantees for Pixel phones. And yet it is still comfortably worse than the ongoing software support you get from Apple. Why is that? And why is it so bad? And finally, uh, a little review roundup of the sort of the flagships at the beginning of the year. We are going to pick essentially the best phone of 2021 so far, which I admit is a, like a month and a half period we're going for. But, you know, like are on with us here. Uh, I have the Mi 11 right here. We've spoken about it a couple of times. And between Toddy and Lewis, they have reviewed all three members of the S21 series. So before all the other flagships turn up in March and <laughs> screw things up, we're going to name a best phone of 2021 <laughs> up till mid-February. Okay. Uh, before <laughs> that, we have some other little bits and pieces of news we are going to run through. Uh, first up, uh Camera sensor wars are heating up. We've had the big wave of chipset announcements. Now it's time for all the sensors that power the cameras inside phones. Uh, This week, Samsung announced the ISOCELL GN2, which is a new 15 megapixel sensor that is widely expected to end up in the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra. You remember we spoke about that phone last week with its silly little screen on the back in the camera module. Uh, This is basically another sensor where the pitch is it's big. It's a 1 over 1.12 inch sensor. That's the biggest so far in a smartphone. Uh, it's also, as part of that, got a new uh, PDAF autofocus system and a few other little upgrades. But the main thing is just they found a way to make the sensor even bigger. That is going to be really exciting, at least up until April, <laughs> when we have now been led to believe <laughs> we're going to see the Sony IMX 800, which will be the first smartphone one inch sensor. That's expected to appear in at least one of the Huawei P50 phones. Probably the Pro Plus, but maybe also in the Pro. We'll see what the lineup shakes up like. But basically, again, that is an even bigger sensor. Bigger sensor means more light, means better photos, more detail, and especially much better low-light performance in theory. Uh, This has kind of been the battleground for the last couple of years, I'd say. I remember, you know, it was sort of it was ever increasing megapixel counts for a while, and then we hit 108. We've had a few 108 megapixel sensors. No one's really tried to go any higher. But I remember the first time, one or two years ago, where, where Huawei and Samsung kind of, particularly those two companies, began to stand up and start saying, no, sensor size. That's what matters. We've got a bigger sensor, and these are getting better. So that is going to become even more of a talking point this year and in this year's flagship funds. Second up, the Pixel 5a. Google's upcoming sort of mid-range budget device has been leaked pretty comprehensively. We've seen renders of the phone from kind of every angle that reveal a lot of what to expect from it. The long and short of it is, oh, (laughs) that's my Google assistant going. The long and short of it is it looks an awful lot like the Pixel 4a 5G. That is the bigger Pixel 4a from from last year. Um, Design-wise, honestly, you really struggle to pull these phones apart. They look almost identical same size display oled flat screen same design same square camera module with two lenses in it from the look of things so it doesn't look like we're seeing any radical departures in the 5a that has given some people hope that maybe we're going to see bigger changes in the 6 and maybe in that rumored pixel foldable that we've heard google might be working on mm-hmm. but uh 5a looks like a modest jump forward
1: Did we get chipset in
0: that uh, in in the leaks no we don't know anything about what what um what will power the 5a uh, Mm. from what we've seen so far it's just a set of external renders which are given things like dimensions screen size and stuff and there are a couple specific details like the fact that display will be oled but um uh, nothing on specific chipset or ram or storage allocations nothing on the camera specs either we can see from the you know the renders it's a two camera module but that's it. So the assumption is it's going to be basically the same camera setup as, as last year's, but we don't know for sure. Uh, other things this week, uh, if you are in Europe or a few other countries around the world, your Disney Plus just got comfortably more expensive, but also a lot better. As Star launched. Uh, if you're in the US or one of the countries that doesn't have Star, this is basically kind of Disney pulling through a mix, a weird mix of its Hulu content. It's uh, kind of network like ABC shows and stuff like that. and then some of like a grab bag of the stuff it got from buying 20th Century Fox. It's It's this weird set sort of stuff that Disney kind of is pitching as the you know the, the I think it calls it for a general audience, but basically like not family content. No. Um, having, but having it's an interesting move because it's good. It's a good library. It it suddenly brought in something like 350 new movies and TV shows. It's a big it's a big content dump, and that's yeah. just the start. You know, there's so much more. I mean, they can put the entire 20th Century Fox back catalog on here if they want to, essentially, um, which is so many TV shows. Um, obviously, all the Fox movies. You've got the Fox Searchlight, all this sort of indie art house stuff. They've got loads they can go through, and you can see they're working through exclusivity deals because there's oddities like they have every Die Hard film except Die Hard. <laughs> which means someone out there has the right to Die Hard and they're just waiting for that deal to run out before they can put Die Hard Die Hard on you put all the other Die Hards if you want to uh, but yeah it's an interesting move because it's not an optional extra like Hulu is in the States where you can sort of bundle Hulu in with Disney Plus for a good price this is just part of Disney Plus and now the price has gone up by £2 a month uh, or €2 Euros a month and, and, and so on depending on your currency So we'll see how that works out for them because I do worry some people will have gone from Disney being the affordable extra streaming service that has Disney content and now suddenly it costs maybe even more than their Netflix subscription and that makes it a bit more of a thing you have to think about going forwards but we'll see. Um, And then finally a few bits of release date news. First up a potentially bad one. There was a fresh rumor this week that the LG Rollable has been canned. We don't know for sure. LG kind of quickly moved to deny this, but it was one of those denials that isn't that much of a denial. Uh, They basically just denied that they have made the decision to cancel the rollable, um, but didn't actually confirm that the rollable will definitely launch. So it kind of looks like there's still a real risk that the rollable is not going to come out. I think the the official, the, the rumor was that they told part suppliers that the project was on hold. Um, and that's specifically what they denied is the case. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I know we're all very bullish about the rollables coming because they said at CES, the rollables coming. But they now look like they're winding down the phone division. And I don't know well, I'm a little bit less confident on that. The, the yeah. flip side of the good news there is it looks a lot like Oppo's rollable phone is coming. Um, the Oppo X 2021, which I thought was just a concept device. They now keep showing off. And they put out a fresh video from NWC Shanghai showing off how the screen tech works. And they also showed it off with their wireless air charge tech, kind of like uh, Xiaomi's Mi Air. So that now looks like it is a real phone. So we're losing the LG rollable, but the Oppo rollable is rolling in to take its place. <laughs> and then finally, finally, and then we're going to get to the rest of the show. Uh, spring flagship season is is coming Like, thick and fast right now, we have a load of release dates lined up. The Nubia Red Magic 6 gaming phone and the Realme GT are both launching on March 4th, I believe. Um, The Asus ROG Phone 5 is confirmed to come on March 10th, the week after. And then it's rumoured, it was leaked by John Prosser, that Oppo's Find X3 series is coming the day after that, on March 11th. He also claims that the Samsung Galaxy A52, so that's a mid-ranger, not a flagship, that's coming on March 26th. Uh, He didn't talk about the A72, which we were kind of expecting to come alongside the 52. I'm not sure if they're coming together or if that means they're separate. Uh, He also put out video teasing that there's going to be a whole new iMac design on the way with beautiful pastel-coloured iMacs. And everyone in the office is now obsessed with owning a blue iMac. So um, I hope you're as excited about those as we are because, man, they look really cool. I I don't think I ever actually want one. I think I'm too boring. I think I just want a silver or black one, but they are pretty. Uh, Let's go straight into our first proper segment for today, which is the Huawei Mate X2 foldable. This, despite the name, is actually Huawei's third foldable. We've had the Mate X and then the Mate XS, which was kind of a refinement of the original version. The Mate X2 is a more substantial change. Um, You could praise Huawei's inventiveness and boldness in radically redefining the form factor. (laughs) It would probably be more accurate to just say they looked at the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 2 and thought, we'll have some of that. (laughs) Uh, This is a Z Fold 2 in in broad concept, but I think it's fair to say they have taken what Samsung gave the Z Fold 2 and they've turned it up to 11. Um, Both displays are bigger, the camera module is bigger and more powerful. Pretty much every spec you could ask to be bumped up has been bumped up in some way. Uh, Correspondingly, the price has gone up a little bit. Um, I mean, the the Mate X series was always more expensive than the Z Folds. They've actually still managed to go even more expensive with this one. The starting price has gone up by 1,001 in China compared to the Mate XS. Um, So it now converts to roughly $3,000, 2,500 pounds which is steep, that is not really a fair comparison because there'd be taxes and things like that that are different if it actually launched in the West. It's also worth noting, we don't currently have any reason to believe it will launch in the West. The first Mate X didn't. The Mate XS did, though there's not much reason to think it sold very well because the price began to drop quite sharply after launch. Um, It's dropped by about £700 in the UK already. And that's only over a period of about nine months. Uh, obviously, Huawei software problems, no Google and stuff like that. I worry that there's just no market for that level of super premium device over here. Um, but it has launched in China. It actually went on sale uh, either today or yesterday, I think today, um, and today, sold yeah. out basically immediately in, in China. So there is a market in China. People are keen on this phone. Uh, so what are you getting? It's um, like I said, it, it's like the Z Fold 2 form factors. So you've got an internal folding display this time. It's eight inches, so it's a big screen. Um, and and, and weird aspect ratio? To, yeah, I was about to say, it's an 8 to 7.1, um, which Huawei called the golden ratio for foldables. Um, I don't think they know what the golden <laughs> ratio is, because that's not what it means. But they clearly think this is a very nice aspect ratio. They made the comparison that I think, I think they said it's, it's roughly the equivalent of having two... 20.5 to 9 displays next to each other. So essentially, <laughs> Is it's kind good? of like having two. It basically <laughs> means it's like having two modern smartphones side by side. So it, it, I think the pitch was, it means it's easier for software wise, because it's just a kind of more natural doubling of the display rather than a kind of one and three quartering or something like that. Um, still, they were very big on the idea that this aspect ratio was so, I don't know, like, have a look, see if you like it. They were, they were talking about, you know, how it compared to, like, things being slightly more or less square. I think it's all much of a muchness, really. Yeah. Uh, but it's a big display. You can't fault them for that. It is bigger than the 7.6-inch display on Samsung's version. Um, it also has no selfie camera on the inside. So, it's full, unbroken display, which I know we've spoken about before on the show. I think it's a really smart move. Um, it does limit you a bit. It means you can't do a video call on the big screen. If you want to have a video call with someone, you're going to have to close the phone and use the outer display for that. The flip side of that is the outer display is lovely too. It's a six point four <laughs> five inch display. It pretty much does fill that outer bit. Uh, there's less bezeling than than Samsung has on the Z Fold two. Uh, you know, Huawei was even like comparing millimeter counts of the bezels on their phone versus of the they Fold. Were. To, uh, I believe the the leftmost bezel on the on the Mate X2 is around half the size of the bezel on the Z Fold 2, uh, counting the hinge wow. bit as well. So, you know, the, mm, it's good. It's good. And, you know, none of this is revolutionary. And let's be real. This is probably all roughly what we're going to see when the Z Fold 3 arrives later this year, right? We're also yeah. expecting Samsung to make the internal screen bigger and reduce the bezeling, make the external screen bigger and reduce the bezeling, probably throw another camera lens onto the rear, stuff like that. Um, so I think, you know, we'll see, we'll see that they'll be, you know, kind of on a par once there is the other competition later.
1: Are we on the same page that this was the right call to move away from the Mate X and XS with the the fully exterior screen, do you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, I think I'm, I'm a bit sad in the sense that I think variety is good. I think it's nice yeah. to have more options. I think it's nice to have more, more versions of this stuff out there. And it's always a bit sad when the industry, you know, part of what we celebrated about foldables and rollables is, just, you know, new new designs, new form factors. That's fun and interesting. Uh, so it's a shame when they begin to coalesce into the form factor, and that's what a foldable is, and no one really deviates. Um, and that's happened very quickly. But equally, yeah, I think I think Huawei's original version looked really cool. The first gen Mate yeah. X and XS. It's a lovely design. It looks amazing. It's very sci-fi. But everyone who uses it or sees it just worries about dropping it because it just has no protection at all.
1: Well, spe- you know, speaking of protection, the thing I was impressed by was the... I really liked that they, they really considered the cases for the new one, but also for the existing yeah. Mate X and XS. And yes. they in China giving out this free new case that protects the back of the phone when it's closed down and actually looks like a really smart ergonomic product that means you can prop it up and all sorts of stuff. It seemed really smart, really good.
0: Yeah, I I actually like the fact that uh, I agree that they're clearly thinking about protection and, and cases, and and it is a nice touch to say they're clearly not abandoning the original Mate X and XS buyers. You know, they are they are still releasing an accessory for that that that, that shows they're still thinking about that form factor that e- even as they leave it behind. Yeah, which is definitely welcome.
1: Um, no mention of uh, I don't did, I, did the Mate X and XS? they did sell outside of of China, didn't they? So I wonder if that deal that case is going to be offered up elsewhere.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the XS certainly did. I mean, you could buy an XS in Europe, uh, in the UK right now. You can go on a Huawei store and buy one. Um, you'll have to drop a grand and a half to do it, but the and options... Don't there, do it. They uh, <laughs> 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 um, haven't said anything about that yet. The You know, the, the Mate X2 launch was a Chinese launch. It was held in, in China and was, you know, conducted in Mandarin. So it, it was very much for a Chinese audience. So no mention of any global availability. And again, like I said, none none for the Mate X2, but that doesn't mean it won't. It just means Huawei hasn't said yet whether it will or not. So there's every chance they're planning to release this globally. We just, we don't know. And and I wouldn't expect it personally. Um, Camera-wise, it's interesting because it's a very fully featured camera setup and a foldable and really is a big step up on what you'll see from, say, the Z Fold 2. Um, It's not a... really new camera setup in that it's pretty much all the stuff that's in the mate 40 series and the p40 series that's that's a good baseline yeah Yeah. i (laughs) know there's nothing wrong with that and that's no surprise it was samsung kind of did the same thing with the folds it was mostly just taking sort of old um s series camera modules and throwing them into the fold more or less and yeah what you're getting here is uh, a 50 megapixel uh, main camera with that big one over 1.28 inch sensor Uh, So that is the same main camera in the P40 and Mate 40 Pro models. Uh, You're then getting a 60 megapixel ultra wide, 12 megapixel three times zoom lens, and that's got OIS and an eight megapixel, 10 times periscope, which also has OIS. Um, That's the impressive bit is a periscope lens on a foldable. That's the first because the amount of space they take up. Uh, So what we haven't spoken about yet is actually the taper. Mm. which is this really cool design touch that is genuinely new to to Huawei. They did not get this from Samsung, and it is no. very exciting. So they have made one side of the phone thicker than the other side um, because the side of the cameras just needs a certain amount of space to fit in A, the big main image sensor, and B, the periscopic lens. They both just have a certain depth and bulk to them. You can't get away from it. That's physics um but the other side the bit with the the outer display doesn't need to be that thick so they've made the whole body sort of taper from one end to the other so it gets just a 4.4 millimeters thick at the thinnest point um though considerably chunkier at the other end uh and that basically has two effects one is it means the weight is a bit better balanced if you're using it one-handed and if you're right-handed so it means if you're holding the sort of camera <laughs> module side of it in your right hand the weight will all sit in there quite naturally and it won't feel like it's tipping out um this probably does screw left-handed people because if you're trying to hold the left-hand side of it one-handed you're going to have all the weight of the foam outside of your hand and tipping down but they did mention uh, you could which like is a little turn it unfortunate.
1: to have the weight along the bottom so as long as the ui rotates and accommodates that then that's i guess that's, I true. that's, that's, yeah. a s- that's kind of side-stepping so the like
0: problem opening your phone then flipping it around as you go um uh but the other thing is that it means when it closes it just closes perfectly neatly and there's no yep. gap in the middle which the the fold two still has a gap between the screens when it closes. this goes pretty much snug which yeah. a i assume will protect the screens better less dust particles getting into things like that which we know can be killer for these foldables but B, it just looks better um makes it a bit more compact
1: the the ironic thing is that if you look at that like profile from like the top or the bottom of the phone when it's closed that diagonal that it now has resembles a z which would work great yeah. for samsung's marketing <laughs> yeah yeah
0: i hadn't even thought of that That's yeah, absolutely true. So <laughs> always the frustration with that line is why is what is the z about what does the Z mean? None of those are like triple folding devices that are a Z shape.
1: And why does Samsung insist yeah. on... I feel like we talk about phone names every episode. But why does Samsung insist on <laughs> the removing worst thing about the space phones. between like its product name and its product numbers? I don't get it. It's so annoying. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just one of the little touches that make the, the Mate X2 look like a seriously slick piece of hardware. Um, yeah. It helps that they've thrown nice colours at it too. I feel like mostly the yeah. foldables we've seen so far, other than the purple Z flip, foldables have generally gone for sort of black, grey, and then kind of like bronzy metallic colours. But we have a nice kind of um, crystal blue and crystal pink, both of which I actually think look really, really
1: nice. They did the classic thing though, which they, they got flak for, I remember at the... <laughs> yes. the you know what I'm going to say they
0: I know what you're going to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it was at the Mate 10 launch in Munich. And it was like their first kind of, when like, I mean, they were really kind of trying to like step out on their own with some hardcore like hardware. And they got so much flack for talking about like the colors being great for just women or just men. And they did that here <laughs> with the pink. But obviously in the local market of China, I think culturally that's not so much of a faux pas, which is why it was fine yeah. to say in the context yeah. of their presentation. Oh, um, but they
0: covered their bases. They said that the blue is good for males and females. Yeah,
1: but then they followed it. But with the it. Pink If they done the pink first, females. maybe it would have been as bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Males and females are the words that their translators chose to use yeah. in their subtitles for clarification. Uh, Maybe you don't it, specify Huawei. Yeah, Maybe just say, "Look, weird.
1: these nice colors." That's yeah, not yeah.
0: great, as you say though. I think it is partly a marketing, a, a market-specific thing. Like, I don't think that's seen as a no. big as big a deal in no. the Chinese market, whereas no. in Europe, especially, people we look at that and we kind of bristle at the idea you'd you'd say the pink one is for girls.
1: Um, I quite like the pink, the pink one. one looks it's lovely. It's yeah. <laughs> the one I, I mean, picked for the none article. None of it matches
0: the, the, the purple. I think the purple finish that Samsung have done is still... That's my number one. Yeah. But we all know yeah.
1: that. We know, so Dom, we, we know. Purple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Samsung does good purple phones. They that's do. not my fault. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing, of course, about the Max 2 is the software side, though, because the the hardware looks fantastic. Um, it has the now classic Huawei problem that no one in the West is going to want it because of the software. And, you know, how do you drop £2,300 on a phone that doesn't have Gmail? Um, (laughs) But it is going to be the first phone to run Harmony OS, which is Huawei's new operating system built from the ground up rival to android and 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 ios Uh, and that is going to launch in april and it is going to roll out to a few different existing huawei flagships basically but they said mate x2 users will get it first
1: having just updated our harmony os feature i do it definitely have to like (laughs) caveat the whole built from the ground up (laughs) stuff yeah i know uh if you haven't been following along (laughs) i was setting it up
0: for you to knock it down thanks thanks thanks. uh
1: yeah yeah i think it was uh who was it was it was not xda was an Antech or someone? Someone mm. um, I forget who it was. Now did a deep dive on the. They had to sign up for the developer kind of build and the SDK to develop for Harmony OS, uh, which in and of itself was a terrifying process where you had to send Huawei things like your passport and your cr- a photo of your credit card and and all of this crazy mm. stuff, um, which Fun. you know they drew the the, the parallels that. With Android, you just go to the website and download the SDK, you got the SDK, it's free. Same with Apple, I think you might need to sign up to be a developer to do certain things, but it's yeah. it's very minimal versus what Huawei was asking for. And once they started digging through all of the files and all of the tools for development that Huawei is issuing out as part of this SDK it became very apparent that despite any kind of removal of the word Android, it was definitely still basically Android 10 underneath. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, it made some slightly different app containers, like dot, instead of dot .apk, it was dot .app or something else. But wow, yeah, it, so right now, unless it's going to change by the time the Mate X2 hits market and, oh, sorry, the, the update for the Mate X2 hits the market, um, it's still definitely basically Android underneath. And, and, and Android 10 at that, not even... 12 so yeah they're getting old now yeah <laughs> yeah so. i guess
0: the benefit they've got is that they i mean what this nets them because you might wonder why are they even bothering with harmony os because they still won't be allowed to access google stuff mm. you know you, you still won't get the google apps on harmony os so why go through the trouble um i assume the point is it just gives them a lot more freedom to change things and build them and, and move faster without being beholden to the software decisions made by Google where they're not even getting any other benefits from the Google, you know, that they're agreeing to li- be limited by Google's decisions without getting any perks that come with that yeah. essentially. Um, There's been plenty I of examples
1: why... with the Motion UI in the past where they've updated features that Google has then brought in natively, but yeah. Emotion UI was kind of ahead of the curve with feature X or Y, especially when it comes to like multitasking yeah. and things like that.
0: It's also, it probably shouldn't come as too much of a surprise to anyone that it's heavily based on Android because obviously they've been building up the Huawei app gallery um, on Android and bringing all those, trying to persuade developers to port their apps to the Huawei app gallery so that Huawei users can access them and and aren't too let down by not having the Play Store. Um, It would be very weird if they'd gone to all that work and then launched their own OS and have to go through the exact same process (laughs) again of persuading developers to do it again. So presumably they are trying to build this in such a way that the apps that have already been made ready for the Huawei app gallery will automatically or with minimal work be ready to run on Harmony OS because to do anything else would be madness. So that must be what they're trying to achieve at least. And that must require a fairly heavy amount of Android under under the skin.
1: Mm. Um, on the uh, the software side, I guess it is now a good time to mention the other stuff they've been doing with like the app gallery and Harmony OS and third party stuff. If you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, yeah. So on on you know the other little bit of news this week was that they've also begun allowing third party apps on their wearables. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Do they actually have a name for their wearable OS?
1: Light OS. L I T. Light OS. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, there are already examples of this in China unique to the Chinese right. market, but like their wearables have always been a bit different there. They've had mobile payment support with NFC, which only the GT2 Pro has an active NFC chip in it outside of China. And that's just to uh you can tap it to your phone when you've got a picture on your gallery and it makes a watch face based on the colours in the picture. Like that's the only use for it right now. Um it's the GT2 Pro as well specifically that is getting this feature out the gate. They made no mention of it coming to older wearables which are basically all there are the other GT2 watches, the GT2E and the GT2 42 and 46 millimeter Um but yeah essentially there's one app right now on the app gallery called fitify which is already on the Play Store and already on the App Store for Apple and in those cases has Wear OS and watch OS yep. support. And now it's getting I don't they they're not saying light OS support, but they're saying support for its wearables. So it's going to be the first yep. third party app that you can download onto your It doesn't have to be a Huawei device, but your Android device. And the companion experience will then also appear on the GT2 Pro. And that means you can get your fitness data in real time using the sensors on the watch. And it can pull it back into the app on your phone, which is, you know, as we've seen from the companion experience on a bunch of other fitness apps from other platforms. But this is the first example of it happening on Huawei. And I presume it's the idea is that it's the sign of things to come. And they're going to not only onboard people for the app gallery, but onboard third parties to strengthen their wearables which makes a lot of sense as those are much more flexible in markets where their phones aren't going to sell so well
0: um yeah i mean it makes sense because we're obviously already much more forgiving of the idea that a wearable won't be on android or wear os in this case but you know there's no wear os dominance in the wearable market in the way that there is an android dominance on the phone so Mm. they've got more space We're, we're much more you know samsung also um, runs its own OS for its wearables. Tizen, though, actually, there's rumor right now that's about to change and they're going to go to Wear OS. Um, the big example, which actually, funny enough, now I'd say that will probably also change, is uh, the Fitbit smartwatches, which also run their own OS, but <laughs> yeah. Fitbit is now owned by Google, so you cannot imagine that the next Fitbit uh, smartwatch will not be a Wear OS device. Actually, there's a secret um, convergence
1: but... here, I just realized, of, of yeah know, Samsung might be going to Wear OS. And also, OnePlus, initially it was talked about that their watch was going to be its own OS proprietary OS for the wearables but uh, then they've okay. also been actively on the record talking with Google about Wear OS okay yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: so, so maybe yeah. I mean, Google's I,
0: finally going to sort Wear OS maybe. out I mean that would be nice
2: <laughs> uh, this is what I'm hoping for because you know you this talk about everyone heading back to Wear OS but Wear OS isn't good like that's the problem right now it's not it's not good software i love tizen for the uh, for the user experience light os is really nice to you know to browse around yeah but Wear os i don't think there's much going for it really
1: i've been wearing the the oppo watch and it's pretty good as Wear os watches go It's one of my favorites Uh in terms of user experience yes like the fundamentals are a bit it's mainly the third party apps for funnily enough even though it has it is a bit iffy mm. but Oppo's made changes to the experience so it's better and easy to navigate versus the standard stock wear-out experience and i think that is what google needs to pay attention to and that just those little tweaks because it's all about little tweaks i think for any of these wearable platforms that makes or breaks them oh 100 so yeah
2: i'm holding out yeah, yeah i mean watch the king <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, no one can really compete with the Apple Watch yet, but maybe Google's finally realizing that it's only hope of doing that is bringing more manufacturers on board because it's got to have that weight of bulk support. Um, yeah. Bringing Fitbit on will make a huge difference because that's one of the biggest players, obviously, in the wearable space. And they're also the cautionary tale for Huawei because I think, you know, again, Fitbit's had been making smartwatches, like proper smartwatch, smartwatches for a couple of years now. Um, since the first Versa, because we're on the Versa 3 now, I think. Yeah. Um, And again, the big challenge when they launched was third-party app support was limited. The problem is it's still pretty limited. It is better than, you know, Huawei is right now. You can get Spotify and you can get a few of the big fitness brands are on there. But still, there's a lot of stuff that you cannot, you know, a lot of third-party apps you cannot link up with a Fitbit. And that's Fitbit. You know, Fitbit are massive. And they still struggle to get enough app developers to bother to do it. So it's definitely an uphill battle here. Um. But yeah, we shall see. Um, I guess that is as good a segue as any to move on to moaning about uh, smartphone (laughs) software, having just moaned about smartwatch (laughs) software. Um, Because Android on phones isn't in much of a better state, is it? Uh, So yeah, this this, this week was the uh, interesting announcement by Samsung that it's going to start promising four years of security updates to Galaxy phones. And I don't... Toddy, I think you wrote this up. It's not all Galaxy phones, is it? No, but
1: it is... I'd say it's an impressive promise considering it's most of their phones that they launched since 2019. So they're backdating this. And yeah, as you kind of point out, it's security updates, not OS updates. They did last year say that for their high-end devices, their flagships and such, they're promising three. So they're matching Google with OS updates, I think it is. Um, I was
0: going to say, that's what's interesting. It was only August... Yeah. ...that they made the three-year promise. Yeah. So it's six months or so they've taken to then up that, which
1: is... In, in, in writing this story fast. up, I was like, they've actually done a few things recently to try and kind of push their, not green credentials, but in terms of their like environmental um, impact, mm-hmm. having devices that last longer seems to be part of their push right now. They also showed off a thing, oh, it's during the CES keynote at the start of the year. Um, about being able to basically upcycle, recycle existing Samsung phones you might have in your house and turn them into like a baby monitor because it's still got all the sensors and stuff to do that or as a, a, a basic IoT smart home hub to control your, you know, smart things devices or whatever. So they are definitely thinking about the long-term impact of their products and like the turnaround of their products. I don't think it doesn't look like they're slowing down with the product amounts that they're releasing in terms of the different variety of devices. But if they're getting their devices in the user's hands and being hold, held onto for longer, then that's I'm all for that. So, yeah.
0: Totally. I mean, we, we had a moan about that last week or the week before. I think we were talking about um, it's Motorola? how quick the, the replacement cycle is and, and being frustrated at so many brands claiming green credentials, but then still trying to encourage you to update your phone every single year yeah. and how that, it, it's self-defeating. So mm-hmm. a push for that is good um yeah as as you highlighted it's security updates only that they're saying for four years you will not get four years worth of android os version updates you know this doesn't mean if you buy one now you're going to be guaranteed to see android 15 android 16 on it um i think they're still just saying two years of version updates i mean i'm not even sure if they've committed to that i don't
1: think they've committed like except for those high-end devices they they don't ever like to commit because i think sometimes if something doesn't sell very well or it just is not worth it because they didn't i don't know like just yes. at the low end like the development time and money is not mm-hmm. worth it for them then they just won't bother
2: and i don't think the the big problem is not even the commitment really is mm. because you know you've got a lot of, of manufacturers that are committing to giving at least one os update but the problem is they take so long yeah. you know and the android update will come out in the september of the year but then you won't get it on your phone until the next year it's, at some it's point the, if the dreaded lucky. f word
1: Fragmentation. <laughs> fragmentation.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. but yeah. It's well, yeah. I mean, that's it.
1: We,
0: the, the you know, we were going to briefly mention. I think we forgot to, but you know, the the Android 12 developer preview went up uh, yeah. last week, and so you know, we're fully in the Android 12 release cycle. And we spoke about Android 12 a little bit already. But there are s- still plenty of flagship phones from last year that don't have 11 on them yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's it is bad for that. Uh,
2: I don't know I'm if it's ever going to be fixed. Comfortable. Though. No, you need to. Yeah, this is the problem with Android is is that you, there are so many different combinations of screen and camera and everything else yeah. that it's impossible to roll something out that's going to fix all of them. Yeah, and, and, and uh, uh, the
1: skins have updates separate from the OS updates and then there's the security yeah. patches as well. And then there's the carrier subset versions, which I know our yeah. iOS has to deal with too, but it's just, yeah, it's so much more complicated because there's just so many more devices and moving parts to Android, I think.
0: Well, that's it. If Samsung puts out, I don't know, 30, 40 handsets a year, something like that, you know, then every time there's a new proper Android update, they've got to do a different slightly fine tuned version of that for every single one of those, or at the very least test it works on every single one of those. And if you're guaranteeing several years of updates, that's 30, 40 phones this year, but also the 30, 40 phones from last year and 20 odd of the phones from the year before that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you can see why it slows them down, whereas at least Apple's kind of like, yeah, we did three phones. (laughs) We've still got last year's two phones to worry about.
2: It's 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 simpler. Motorola which... I mean, it's sorry, you go. I'll say it's simpler, but it it works though because you know, yeah, uh, like you know, compared to I'm sitting here pretty pretty smug listening to all this fragmentation (laughs) uh, stuff from the Android side because I've been on iOS since not even iOS, it was OS three. Before they even had the eye. Yeah, iPhone OS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. OS. Um, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, no so let's, let's take iOS 14 as, as an example. It came out in September last year. That yep. is, you can get that, you know, not we're not just talking security updates. We're talking full features. Every Most of the, well, not everything in iOS 14, I imagine, but most of the things in iOS 14, you can get that on an iPhone SE that came out in 2016. Yeah. which I think is pretty good value for money. And the SE, when it first came out, was the budget iPhone as well. Yeah. Like, it wasn't the high-end iPhone. It was the one you'd pay for 500 quid for. And that's still getting software updates five years later. That's impressive. But it's also, it, it goes onto the iPads as well. Because mm-hmm. um, the iPad Air 2, which came out in 2013, 2014. Actually, let me just quickly check that. It's 2014. So that came out in 2014. And that also got iOS 14. Man. Wow. Wow. Like, you know uh, yeah com- yeah so so compared to android uh, yeah apple's got it in the bag uh,
0: in all honesty if i picked up a seven-year-old android tablet i'd be feeling pretty smug if it turned on right now. <laughs> 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 stalled android 11
1: you're like um, what the uh actually just a slight diver um, divergence here but do you guys remember the HTC hd2 it ran windows mobile by default right it was the the community picked it up and they just fell in love with it and they basically made it run. It ended up running like six builds of Android that it was never designed to build. (laughs) And it was like, basically it's got better software support than any other Android phone ever in terms of how long it was able to be supported by the kind of wider community. It was incredible. Um, But just to your point, Lewis, like in terms of like how far back they're going with devices, like I was just looking ahead. So the Pixel 5 came out obviously at end of last year, late last year that's mm-hmm. cited on on google site to get both os and security updates up until october 2030 2033 uh,
2: 2023 <laughs> um which is that's that's, that's amazing I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but
1: that, that's that's basically the gold standard for android right now is, is four years and that's yep. you're not really going to find that anywhere else um, especially with regards to os updates uh yep. at the same time you know we talked about the moto g10 and moto g30 the other week last week the week before um in the pre-brief before they've even launched the phones, they said the G30 is going to get one OS update. The G10 isn't. Uh, oh, but they Motorola trying to skirt around this by saying that, but they are trying to bring as many of the updates and features that they would bring yep. in an OS update to their their experiences through the Play Store, because pretty much all okay. of the the kind of uh, preloaded apps that are Motorola's apps on. Modern Motorola phones, you can find the entries in the place, or and you can only like download or update them if you're using a Motorola device that's compatible. But that's how they are seeing it, and how they are trying to push new features in between or or without committing to full OS updates, which is a kind of stopgap solution. But it is better than than nothing. That is interesting. Yeah, I and mean,
0: to be fair to Motorola here, you know, the G10 is a cheap phone. Yeah, and. I, I, you know, I haven't used one, but I know phones around that price, they will often be a little choppy in performance at the best of times. So, you know, I'm not confident they would keep running Android OS updates. If you started feeding them through, they'd probably just start crashing their things. <laughs> um, but there's no fair comparison there because Apple don't make a phone that's 120 quid brand new, True. you know, no. like it doesn't exist. I am i don't know. And they, they probably never will. And that's just a different approach they take. But I imagine they would struggle to put out a phone that's that price that could sustain several years worth of software updates and not have crippling performance problems yeah. along the way. Um, so it is a much bigger problem at the budget end. And it's one of those kind of tough things where, uh, you know, it, it it's that part of that whole thing like the cost of being poor. Like it, it, it costs a lot of money to not have money, because if you're going to have to buy, if you can only afford to buy a £150 phone, that's fine. But you're probably going to have to replace it much sooner. Yeah than you would if you could afford to buy a 400-pound phone or a 1,000-pound phone. Um,
1: yeah, and Google Note, like, they've always been acutely aware of this issue. And uh, they've even got a thing yeah. called I think called Project Treble, which is a whole initiative to try and make the whole process of updating Android and for manufacturers OEMs to then take the the base update and then dress it up as they need to for their devices easier. But I just don't, I really don't see how without a complete overhaul, they, they're ever going to get to anywhere close to what Apple is able to do with iOS.
0: They can't. They can't. It's just it's different models. There's no way they can match that because Apple is one company with a handful of phones a year. It's building the hardware and it's building the software. And the only other companies that ever has to deal with in this process are networks or carriers, you know, it never has to worry about other manufacturers. Google's building the software, which goes onto its phones, (laughs) but it also goes onto all these other phones. Like you say, it has to go through all of the different manufacturers. They have way more different bits of hardware than Apple would ever put out in a year. And they've got to worry about the networks and carriers still. And they probably have less negotiating power with those networks and carriers as well. Um, I will say, like you said, Google's been making real efforts to fix this problem. And, you know, it's been a problem ever since Android started. You know, it's been been a decade of having this issue. Um, But it is so much better now than it used to be. A, like we said, the the question of someone offering four years of security updates, that is more than Google offers. You know, that is unheard of for the Android space. And it's very, very good. Um, but B, just the speed, you know, I, we, we joke that there are still plenty of, you know, high-end phones from last year that don't have Android 11. But equally, there were plenty that had Android 11 um, very, very quickly. And in fact, yeah. the yeah. first Android 11 phone on the market came from Vivo, yeah. not from Google. You know, like one of the OEMs managed to beat Google into actually releasing a phone with that software on it, um, the, the V20, I believe. So it is improving, Um, And the OEMs clearly are being aggressive about it. And I think a lot of them now realize it's a selling point. Yeah. Um, Maybe sparked by OnePlus and the influence OnePlus had on the industry. But people now realize that there's at least a certain subset of phone buyers who will notice A, fast updates, and B, a commitment to update longevity. And that will be a purchasing decision for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it's like a reflection Um, on the brand. It's equally, I think,
0: something... Yeah, it's a reflection on the brand. It shows their commitment to customers ongoing support stuff like that that they're not going to just sell you a phone and then ditch you in six months because well they you've already bought the phone they don't care about you anymore you are getting (laughs) ongoing customer service of some sort um it's definitely something we the press need to be better about i'm aware of it in myself that um you know it's sometimes something we forget when say talking about buying a pixel phone versus buying another phone we often say oh it's good you're getting android you know the google support and it's better but I think it's very easy to undersell that, that actually, because we use a phone for a few months and then move on. But actually, if you're buying a phone and you want that phone to last you four years, there's a real argument to buy the Google phone because you might still be getting software patches in four years and you're not going to be on many others. Um, And, uh, you know, that's really worth something. I think we need to put more emphasis on. And, you know, like you said, there's there's a whole green aspect to it as well and, and everything.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's getting there. But man, I cannot believe a 2014 iPad is running iOS 14. That is incredible.
1: <laughs> so good. Oh, no, like I know. I was even Apple impressed was when I saw this, that. But yeah.
0: That's blown me away. Yeah.
2: Uh, incredible
0: stuff. Putting us to shame. But yeah, it is. It is getting better. But man, it will never ever be that good. I I cannot imagine <laughs> it ever getting that good. But we'll see.
2: Living the dream. <laughs>
0: uh let's wrap things up with our final segment which is looking at what is good at least on the android side which is the most exciting hardware launches we have had so far in 2021 um you know i kind of tease this is the best phone of 2021 so far even that's kind of a lie because the mi 11 came out in china in december (laughs) so it's arguably a 2020 (laughs) phone anyway um but whatever we're going with it Uh, So yeah, the the Xiaomi Mi 11, we've only got the one Mi 11 so far. We know there's going to be a whole set, but there's only one phone out. Whereas we have three S21s to uh, pit it up against. I have been using the Mi 11 for two weeks. My review is going live today. Uh, Lewis has just published his review of the S21+. Plus. Toddy has reviewed the S21 and is in the midst of reviewing the S21 Ultra. Very soon. So we have a a full set of coverage here. Um, I'm going to go like straight out of the gate and say, I think on the hardware side, the Mi 11 trumps any of these in terms of value for money. Like it's un- kind of unfair to pit the Mi 11 up against the S21 Ultra sure. on-, on a hardware scale. But if you put it up against the S21 or the S21 Plus, which it's more comparable price point, hardware wise, the Mi 11 just like blows them away.
2: Yeah, in, in,
1: in my head, the hardware was most comparable to the Plus, the S21 Plus. Um, but obviously, then the price yes. is way out of whack. Uh, do we have a, a European or uk pricing for the Mi eleven
0: yet it's it's seven hundred and forty nine euros okay um which is for uh, the lower storage model and the higher storage model is seven nine nine. The actual numbers of those storage queues have just popped out my head. I think it's one two eight versus two five six right but I might yeah, be it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, its so it's seven four nine euros for the cheaper one which puts it roughly around the standard S21, which I want to say is does, £769, yeah. pounds,
1: $799.
0: Uh, it's in that space. Yeah, I'm yeah. just looking it's around back that
1: because I'm pretty sure I noted it all down. Yeah, so the, the base yeah. S21 starts at £769, pounds, €849. Euros.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Uh, the plus is £949 pounds or €1049. Euros.
0: And and the, the wrinkle here, of course, is screen size because the Mi 11... Is a 6.8 inch display, mm. which actually is closest to the Ultra. That's the Ultra size yeah. <laughs> of the S21 Switch. But it is, you know, otherwise, the closest phone hardware wise is the S21 Plus. It's a fairly similar display size. And that's where you're going to find kind of the specs line up a little bit elsewhere. But yeah, this undercuts that by 200 basically
2: yeah Which is mad. I, I'm, I'm just going through the specs on it now and i'm like Do you know what? this is actually besting in, in most respects yeah you're right yeah. i mean the obvious one is <laughs> it's, it's fast charging
1: one. speed right like that's the biggest got to be the biggest difference i imagine
0: yeah i mean yeah. that is a huge gap there because that is obviously an area where samsung just i don't know doesn't really bother not for bothered. better or worse they have no interest in charging speeds
2: i don't think they're um, not bothered i think they're scared after the note <laughs> from a few years ago like they're, they're not, they're note not doing that anymore yeah. the note eight famously yeah.
1: had a battery that was way too small because they'd gone. Oh god!
2: <laughs> let's just let's just bring it all down a like, okay? Hey. Country life is so bad on that <laughs> phone, man. Uh,
0: but Xiaomi is happy to build exploding phones that do not explode. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's make that very clear right now. I'm not aware of any Mi 11s exploding. <laughs> um, it, uh, but yeah, no, much faster charging. 55 watt wired charging. Ooh, uh, in that's my mad. test, we we do we do a test, which is we drain the phone completely and then see how fast it will top up in half an hour. Um, I got it to 79% in half an hour. Wow, empty. that's so good. That is not wow. the fastest we've had. The Oppo Find X3 Pro last year hit 97%, I believe. Um, is the battery and, you know, you get the different? That, that, that was a, I can't, I think it have even been a higher capacity, but oh, certainly wow. similar. But that was a 65 watt charging, I think. Right. So it was faster. This isn't like the fastest wired charging. But <laughs> fast 55 enough. watt is fast. Um, and you get 50 watt wireless, which is the mad thing wow Um, the caveat with it obviously is you need to buy the compatible xiaomi 50 watt wireless charger that does not exist in the uk or europe yet so i don't know how much they're going to charge for that they sell a 20 watt charger and that's like 20 30 pounds so i would guess if and when the 50 watt comes out you'll probably be dropping another 50 quid to buy it if Mm. you want to but that's just me speculating wildly i'm not sure
1: what charger lewis did you have for the s21 plus to test it with were you able to fast charge it? Or did specific. you just Well, use... there was nothing in the box. Sure, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I have like a 30 watt. It's, it's not uh, specifically a Samsung one, but I just have a 30 watt like uh, charger that I use for these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I got 33% in 30 minutes right on my test yeah so quite yeah no nowhere near yeah. <laughs> as far as to say i was
1: telling john the other day interestingly even though with the base s21 i was getting no difference between i have a 25 watt samsung charger that came with the note and then i have uh, a 27 watt just standard pd charger it's actually a motorola charger uh they were charging at identical speeds on the base s21 with the ultra the samsung charger is way faster, like noticeably faster. Ooh. It shaves off about 15, 20 minutes on the charge time from zero to 100%.
2: Um, hmm.
1: So there's obviously
2: something... that was one of their claims that they, they've they nailed the efficiency on the 25 watt. That's why they brought it down. Yeah. It was 45 right. watt wire yeah. charging last year, wasn't it? There yeah. is a genuine benefit models. to
1: Samsung's tech on a yeah. Samsung phone than any generic PD charger for some reason, but it's only evident, at least with this year's phones on the Ultra, it's far less of a thing with the... the yeah, the discrepancy
0: the there between the two models is what's weird. Yeah. Um yeah, I just was saying on on the charger in the box jibe, but yeah, um Xiaomi also skipped the charger in the box for the Mi eleven in China. Mm. But it is included in the box in Europe. Um okay. it's not entirely clear why they made that decision. Like they joked in in the European launch, like We didn't give you a 20 watt charger in the box because you've already got one, but you don't have a 55 watt charger, so we are giving you one. (laughs) Um, I assume the same is mostly true of people in China, though. I can't imagine everyone in China has 55 watt USB-C chargers just kicking around the place.
1: You could ask for one, right, Uh, for free. They'd just send you one. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was the model they used there. It wasn't included, but if you wanted one, you just got sent one for free um
2: there's got to anyway. be some kind of brand loyalty there as well like i think mm. if, you, if you're apple yes. or samsung you can be like there's no charger you're still going to buy it but if it's xiaomi i mean they're well known but not the most well known yeah. in the west so it's like yes you know you're going for a less well-known company and they're not giving you a charger meh, yeah. i'll probably go for someone else
0: that's definitely be a part of it and, and you know for people who worry exactly like you were saying toddy that you got benefits from using the samsung charger people may be thinking well i don't have a xiaomi charger at home <laughs> you know yeah Yeah, And that they may worry that because they don't have a Xiaomi one, it won't work or won't work as well. So I can see why. But um, yeah, you do get a charger. It does charge fast. Um, I think the other thing to really talk about is camera. Obviously, camera is always the big comparison point with this stuff. And um, the Mi 11 camera setup is an interesting one. It's led by a 108 megapixel lens, um, which is... You know, Xiaomi is one of the few companies that's really lent into those super high megapixel counts. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it Pixel bins down to 27. Yeah, this is by, by no means the first Xiaomi to have it. Um, Pixel bins down to 27 megapixel. Um, uh, but it's the, the photos have been really fantastic. Um, I've been really impressed by how good the main camera is. Uh, it, it's not as good as I wanted it to be in low light. Mm. I'll admit I was a little okay. underwhelmed. By some of the low light performance good but it just didn't wow me but in general i really like this camera and it's also the colors are very it found very natural like the tuning is very it's not oversaturated it's not really aggressive you know it really did look like what i was seeing out in the world um it pairs with a 13 of wide angle which is fine but noticeably worse um it, in terms of sort of there's more noise you can see there's a bit more like sharpening going on in some shots um, and there you can see the color tuning isn't quite the same. It is a bit more like vibrant and oversaturated. And you compare the shots you took on the two lenses and you're like, ah, oh, they're not, they don't quite match. And that always bugs me when you move between lenses and you can see the oh, colors yeah, shift in your results. um What's really weird though is that the third lens here is a macro. Oh. And I hate, I hate when they have three Pointless. lenses and one's a macro because it's almost always a waste. This one is okay. I've gotten some good shots out of it. Interestingly, it's a macro that has autofocus, well, which makes it a lot easier to actually get reliable results out. Of. You're not totally just moving the phone around trying to get the focus spot, focal spot right. Um, but the autofocus is still a bit like dodgy. It's quite hard to get the spot right. There's no stabilization, so you're more likely to get slightly blurry shots out of this, especially because you're trying to hold something very, very close to the subject. It's a real like... I have gotten some lovely macro shots out of this. But I have gotten, for every good macro shot, I've had nine (laughs) awful photos that are unusable. And it's really like, you can get the results, but man, it takes patience and like persistence together.
2: See, I've I've found, yeah, I I really like, I mean, there's not a lot of changes from the S21 camera uh, compared to the S20. Uh, But, you know, when you read that, you're like, oh, that's really disappointing. But I'm not disappointed. I think the camera on the S21 is great. Like, it okay. doesn't take a lot of effort to get these pictures, mm. like, to get good pictures. And that's what I love. Yeah, I'm just, I was as you were talking, I was just scrolling through some of the pictures that I've taken. And I'm like, Do you know what? These are some really nice pictures. And like you were saying, that there is a slight difference in the color tuning between um, the ultra wide and the main. But as you're scrolling through, you don't really tend to notice it as much. And I think that's, yeah, that's something that I, I pay a lot of attention to because it's something that Apple does really well mm. um, yep. with, with their lenses. You don't really notice any kind of t- color shift or anything like that um but i mean my only real complaint about the camera uh with you it's your your macro with me it's the uh pointless periscope zooms the digital zooms oh yeah, not, yeah.
0: The, i the, the not a telephoto yeah that was it yes the,
1: the
2: <laughs> five or something times zoom yeah stupid <laughs> uh so yeah i mean you've got like it goes up to so you've got the three times hybrid which is good uh, that works really well. You got a nice, you get a nice pictures out of there. But when you start going to ten, twenty, thirty times digital zoom, I, I tried a thirty times. That's the max it goes out to on the twenty one plus. I think it's 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 a fifty or a hundred on the ultra. Is it? Uh, with because with the Note Ultra, the Note twenty Ultra, they were like raining it back
1: into fifty times. But with the S twenty one Ultra, ah, they have gone okay. back to what the S twenty Ultra did and go to hundred again. <laughs> and and now it do does it. <laughs> it does the Huawei thing with the moon. Yeah. When you take a photo of the moon, it
2: it uh, tunes it so it looks. Do you know yeah. what? I, I wonder why they didn't do it last year because that was, I thought, that was the one thing you'd be good for a, peris- a periscope camera, would be taking pictures of the moon. And I was like, it looks like a street light. Uh Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of, I, in my opinion, it's the same this year. I, Thirty times, it's it's practically useless. Like it looks like a CCTV shot from, from you know, twenty years ago. That looks Ooh, terrible on yeah, webcam, nice but that's much nicer. Promise you, it's usable.
0: I mean, I think <laughs> these like... cameras are kind of similar in that respect because the the Me Eleven doesn't have a telephoto. Mm. Um, and it's kind of, in a way, the same as what the S21 range is, right? Oh, for, for, sorry, the irregular S21 and the Plus is they don't have an actual telephoto, but they have a high megapixel no. lens that they digitally yeah. zoom and, and crop with. Um, I'll actually say, you know, you'd think in a funny way, the Xiaomi might be better there because it's got its main camera is 108 megapixel, big sensor, mm-hmm. and you'd think that might be better for digital zoom than the S21 64 megapixel one. Um, the zoom on the Mi 11
1: is crap. Is it? To
0: be blunt. Ah. Oh. Uh, it, it does two times as an option, you know. On the camera, you got Y regular and then two times zoom, um, which yeah. is just you know digitally punching in. But the funny thing is, whatever the way the algorithm is trying to handle that, you know, it, it actually tunes out worse results. The color tuning and the dynamic range are far worse when you punch in on the two times. So actually, you would get better results by just taking a photo oh, on then. the main camera and cropping in afterwards. Right. The algorithm, whenever for the algorithm, a lot of them yeah exactly but in theory you know and i i remember being annoyed with the s20 that they had this telephoto that they bill as a telephoto but it isn't really a telephoto we've moaned about it before but what i couldn't argue with were the results mm. because yeah. obviously they're all bad when you go up to 30 times unless it's a real periscope but you know at three times at five times the s20 at least was good i i can't speak to the 21 but i assume it's the same if if not a yeah. bit better um but this is is not great The me 11 for zoom like good yeah it really is a letdown there
1: yeah the base yeah i would say for... you go oh, go on alex <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, The two too gentlemanly the um the base s21 because i i haven't touched the the 21 plus but it should be the same is kind of to your point like for the most part consistency across the sensors is very good yes the wide is a little bit weaker that's obvious but yeah on the zoom shots i had no real complaints um low light is always going to bring out the worst in in any of these camera setups and i think Yeah, there's going to be different challenges using basically what is effectively AI enhanced digital zoom when when shooting at night versus having a telephoto, like an optical telephoto and zooming at night. Yeah, Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, for the most part, I I had no complaints in terms of, uh, you know, these aren't the phones that people would look at if they are serious about photos or video. If they want to take really like hella hot Instagram pics, then these will do that perfectly well. Absolutely. Uh, oh, the yeah. ultras for the, the photographers, but the mobile photographers, which is that weird kind of subset of people who apparently don't own yep. a A7S3 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in the same way, like I said, earlier, there will be a Mi 11 Pro, there will be a Mi 11 Ultra. Yeah. The Ultra is <clears throat> tipped to have that new Samsung sensor we were talking about in, in the <laughs> intro, the 50 megapixel Isocell GN2 with even bigger sensor size. So, again, yeah, there'll also be a Mi 11 Ultra that is the real like camera nerds camera phone is is the
2: uh standard Mi 11 is that curved or is that a flat display because that's one of the big changes from the s21
0: it is quad curved
2: oh it's like the p40 curved on
0: all four sides um which i actually like the implementation here i'm always a bit skeptical of screen curving um yeah this is that nice kind of curvature it's not waterfall display i can't stand a waterfall display they've never really done it for me um this is a just a, a subtle curvature but on all sides, um, I like it a lot. It feels actually, it's a pleasure every time I swipe up from the bottom of the screen to go to the home screen, or swipe down to bring down my notification tray. Something about just having a little bit of curvature as you swipe over the edge, just it just feels a bit better mm. than being on a totally flat display, um,
2: without, without it totally compromising
0: usability me. or something. So I think sort of the 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 hand feel of of the display here is really fantastic.
2: Yeah. I think that that yeah, that's very much kind of what what I think as well. I love the look of kind of the curved displays and stuff like that, and I like the way it feels when just because when you've got the uh, the Android shortcuts go back and you swipe it from the side of the display, that is my favorite thing to do with a curved edge display. It yep. just feels Agreed. so nice. Um, but then you have the downsides to the you know for the, the more extremely curved displays, should we say, um, like the mispresses and all that kind of thing. And yeah. I had a lot of issues with kind of text at some points were wrap around the edge of the display, so yes. I'd have to kind of. Turn the phone to read what was going on. Exactly. Yeah. Once, once you like, get
0: text wrapping around the edges, it's
2: try it's, dragging a cursor over text that
1: curves like yes. the sentence oh. ends at the edge of the screen. <laughs> oh it's yeah, Yeah. <laughs> so this and is like, fine.
0: It doesn't go that far. This yeah. is a good balance of, of curve, I think. Um, it That's has good. one other display uh, trump over over you guys. Oh, yeah. It's 120 hertz, like the Samsungs, but it's also WQHD Plus, which you will only find on the S21 Ultra. Unless I'm much mistaken. Um, and I believe, unlike the Ultra, you can have the high resolution and the high refresh rate at the same time on the Mi 11. I don't know if the Ultra does that yet. No,
1: no, that, that, that was like kind of the, you know, that was the big bugbear of, of last year's S20 range. Because yeah. all of them had yeah. WQHD and 120 hertz, but didn't do both at the same yeah, time. Pick. The Ultra, you can do both. It's just called oh, a, you can a do both uh, Dynamic. On the Ultra, because it's ranging between ten and one hundred twenty, you can't mm. lock it to one hundred twenty. Of course, yeah. Um, yep. Which you know sometimes that you lock the refresh rate to ninety or whatever, and at least that's what it's telling yep. you. It might still be doing it adaptive without I saying. Think
0: realistically, they're always adaptive. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: but yeah, uh, but you know, in terms of I've all my battery testing and everything for the Ultra has been done with everything maxed out so 120 is yeah. available and wqhd plus and nice. i okay. still think it's a really solid battery performer i don't know about the the plus how's that been battery wise uh
2: yeah though i've been quite surprised because i was obviously with with the exynos chipset mm. which, you know traditionally i've been quite worried about yeah. battery life on samsung phones but uh yeah i i think that's changed pretty much this year for me anyway um, yeah. it's got a 4800 milliamp hour battery so slightly bigger than the standard s21 and i you know i find that it, it lasts all day i'm sitting there texting and tweeting and i have played a couple of games of call of duty mobile on there and nice. you know it gets me through to the night so nice. i i don't have any complaints there and i think i use my phone more than a lot of people yep. would so yeah. i think if you use your phone less there's scope to get you know potentially a day and a half out of it um but yeah, it's, it's obviously it's personal use, really, isn't it? But yeah, no real complaints. It's not like I'm I'm using it for four hours and it's dying. Yeah, so no. that's why it's good. Not, not a pixel. <laughs> that yeah, to be pixel fair,
0: I, yeah, it's not it's not pixel four. But I think the mi Eleven is in a similar <laughs> space. uh Forty six hundred milliamp hour battery, kind of the same thing. Weird. It's never not lasted me the day. um I don't feel like it would do you two days with the best will in the no. world. I think you you know depending on usage, a day and a half is maybe realistic. But I think you. This is a phone you will have to charge every day, basically. And but that's, that only takes that's like fine, but half an hour. But exactly. Charging <laughs> is super quick. Um, so it, it is really a bit of like, oh, I'm going to go have a shower. I'll plug it into the charger. And by the time you come back, it's, you know, it's sorted, it's done. Um, which helps a lot.
1: How's the but, user yeah, experience? Yes, um, because I, I know One UI generally is is good. It's convoluted, but it's good.
0: That is really the, the big downside, Xiaomi. I think, for me on the um, on the Xiaomi side. I think that's the letdown is just the software side, UI. I know some people out there are MIUI fans, and if you are a fan, then you can essentially say the Mi Eleven is going to be great because the big downside maybe doesn't apply to you. But for me, <laughs> oh, UI gets on my nerves. It really gets on my nerves. <laughs> it's not <laughs> the worst Android skin out there. Yeah. Um, things like notifications. I kept not getting WhatsApp notifications. And it turns out, by default, it's got such aggressive memory and battery throttling that it's shutting it down. I have told both the memory and battery management software to uh, make WhatsApp an exception. And even still, I sometimes don't get notifications through. So there's still something in the phone somewhere that's throttling it. Huawei how, does how the exact it. same
2: thing mm. yeah. well I'm not sure about recent devices but older devices that I've reviewed they every, that's the first thing I do it's the first thing I do on every Android now because I've been so burnt by this yeah. is that I will go in there and I will override the battery settings for yeah. my my favorite apps that I need notifications for like WhatsApp and, and yeah Messenger and stuff
0: but it's still Just, wild uh, that you have to worry about that Like at this point, and on a phone this powerful, with this much RAM, with this capacity to perform well, why is it not letting WhatsApp collect notifications in the background? (laughs) That cannot be something that's (laughs) going to bring the rest of the phone crashing to the ground, performance-wise. And there's just little bugbears, I don't know, for some reason I can't install Disney Plus on it. The Google Play Store says it's not compatible. And I'm like, I don't know if that's Disney's fault or Xiaomi's fault, but someone screwed up. And so (laughs) that app just isn't there. I can't get it on this phone for some reason. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Um, Little UI quirks, like, when I want to change the volume, uh, if there are multiple audio sources, sometimes it just doesn't pull up the slider so I can pick which source I want to change. So I'm trying to change the volume and it's just changing, like, Spotify, but not the Duolingo app I'm currently on. And I'm like, no, I want to change the Duolingo, uh, the media volume, not my Spotify casting volume. But it just doesn't pull out the sliders so I can change it. So I actually have to go into the phone settings menu oh. to go to the audio bit oh. to find the volume sliders and manually change them in there. Like leaving the app menu. And I'm like, this is wild. I shouldn't have to do that.
1: That's rough stuff.
0: So it's just little yeah. you know, it's it's not cripplingly bad. It's just all these little nuisances. And I had the same experience mm-hmm. with um you know, other Xiaomi phones I reviewed, it's not a Mi 11 thing. It's just MIUI. It's the same on the POCO X3. And and I just find it's, I think it's getting better, but I I still hit MIUI every time. And I'm like, it just, me me and MIUI aren't compatible with that against each other. And it doesn't work in the ways I expect it to work. And it doesn't work in the ways that I feel like most other Android skins work.
1: I think, you know, before the the U.S. ban and all that stuff, I think Huawei and actually Oppo as well have both put a lot of effort into trying to kind of rein in for Western markets and Western tastes those those user experiences. And they are just further along the path than Xiaomi. I think Xiaomi is aware. Exactly. But they're just not executing to the same level yet.
0: We've seen this path on 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 all of these big Chinese OEMs as they make the Western move, and everyone says the software's awful and it's just different market tastes. But they just slowly start to work on the Western experience. I mean, the interesting other counterpoint was the the Vivo approach, which is they did a European launch and they just said, "Find stock Android for Europe."
1: And Perfect. Like, Do that.
0: <laughs> a whole they built a whole new OS skin for China, um, you know, called Origin, you know, and and they're just like, "Yeah, we're not launching that in Europe because you guys don't like it." Like you get stock like all the reviewers chinese... complain that they aren't stock so have stock
1: we'll do something else for china does the Thank chinese yes, actually please. like it though that's what i always wonder like i, I feel like they if must. they saw like the guys. super clean <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. i don't <laughs> yeah, understand, understand what the yeah where the different preferences lie yeah. but yeah somehow there must be something
1: yeah it's like if you go uh, to like uh the chinese version of a, a manufacturer's website Uh, they're usually like just there's Mm. so much more going on it's just like just trying to see through the noise to get to the information you want it's just such a challenge and it's obviously (laughs) culturally and psychologically they're attuned to that and they're totally fine with that whereas us westerners who can't deal with all the extra information (laughs) at least i can't
0: (laughs) poor, simple slow exactly (laughs) (laughs) limited brain capacity yeah (laughs) We can only handle so much at a time, cut some slack.
1: Um, <laughs> despite that, the sense I'm getting from YouTube with the, you know, specifically I, I can talk about the, the, the one and the, and the ultra, but with the plus, which I've said is the most apt of the comparison yeah. with the, the 11, as long as you can get past the user experience faux pas, the Mi 11 is is for most probably a smarter choice in terms of value, price, performance. But yeah. the ease of use means that, samsung immediately is just going to be a more appealing option to so many people who don't want to have to faff around
0: exactly yeah. and as we were just talking about before you now know you're going to get four years of security updates <laughs> and that yeah. if you get an s21
1: and three years um, of OS and i'd updates. feel more
0: confident about the os updates you're going to get yeah mm-hmm. so I, I i think there's that other software side that there's mm-hmm. a more of a guaranteed longevity to an s21 phone if you are mm-hmm. looking at it and thinking i want this phone to last me a while i'd, I'd definitely feel more confident um, on a Galaxy device than I would on, on the Mi 11, which isn't to say the hardware here isn't built to last, I just, like I said, I'm worried I, I don't think Xiaomi makes any commitment to to software updates, and they certainly don't commit to four years of security patches, no. so I, I you know I, I think if you know you're going to upgrade in a year or two, that's maybe not so much of a concern, but if you're looking to buy a phone to last for a while, that is that is a reason to think, well, maybe it's worth spending an extra 100 200 on the Samsung because if that pays out long-term um but yeah pure hardware wise the mi 11 absolutely trumps um you know it's 200 pounds cheaper than the s21 plus for the same size phone (laughs) and it beats it on most specs Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's just all these little nuisances that mean i my my, part of my take is kind of like if you're tech savvy enough to deal with an annoying os And like, you feel like, you know, the, the, when I'm talking about, oh, I have to go into the memory management and, you know, set an exception for WhatsApp. If you hear that and you're like, cool, I know what he means. That's fine. I know how to do that. Great. If that's gobbled to you, you shouldn't buy this phone because you're going to have to deal (laughs) with that and other little irritations like that. And you might just not know how to do it. Um, You know, it's that old thing. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't give the me 11 to my mom because I feel like she'd hit things. She didn't know what was going on and just not be able to solve those problems. Yeah. Um, whereas One UI is much cleaner and, and easier mm-hmm. to work your way around and is less likely to do things like that that just throw you and you go, wait, what's going on?
2: Um, yeah, I must admit One UI is really polished. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's slightly different to the stock Android experience because it is a skin. Yeah, But it, I think it's one of those skins you don't really notice. It. It's only you, you don't look at the phone and be like, oh, that's a, that's a horrible skin. It's just every now and again you'll be like, that's a little bit weird. quirky, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> but and then you'll me- move on. I
0: can't remember what the old Samsung... OS was called now before One uh, UI. What was it? It was called? awful. Yeah, what well, um, Mad UI? Uh, <laughs> it's completely gone in my head. I used to moan about it all the time, but um, that yeah, was it was terrible. Yeah, and and One UI was a big step up, and each version update of One UI, I think, has really improved it significantly. And Touchwiz,
1: Touchwiz, you know, touch and it was awful. Touchwiz, it was bad name, horrible for a start. <laughs>
0: yeah, God, um, oh yeah, no, that's just broken my brain. I <laughs> <don't> <laughs> me, like, Sorry to throw you there. Like. Trauma flashbacks. Yeah, Um, yeah, but one of the interesting things out of some of the Android 12 stuff we've seen in the dev preview is like there's a different version of the settings menu buried in there that uh, takes all its UI cues from one UI. Like, it just looks like the oh. One UI settings menu. Interesting. And so, you know, for all of the talk about how everyone's, you know, a lot of the OEMs are starting to skew back towards stock, like, clearly people in Google are kind of looking at what Samsung is doing and saying, oh, maybe they're ahead of us on some stuff. And, mm-hmm. and as you said, Toddy, there's lots of times where OEM features get added into Android version updates. Mm-hmm. And a lot yeah. of the stuff coming in Android 12 is stuff that you'll find in One UI. Not only One UI, there are other um, third-party OEMs and skins that have a lot of the same stuff, but
1: you know once upon a time it was it was actually htc sense in the early days of when htc Mm. was was king there was theirs was the best android experience to get because it was just so polished versus what google was doing with like the was it the htc hero or something or other i forget what the the g1 in some markets and the dream in other markets yeah i had the hero Uh.
0: um yeah so i think that's kind of the takeaway here is if 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 you can put up with software (laughs) irritations and you're confident you can work your way around them. The Mi 11 is a dream. The hardware is phenomenal. I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, this, I could happily keep using as my daily driver once I've like ironed out these little things that piss me off every day. Um, and for the price, it's phenomenal. The value of getting absolutely trounces Samsung. But if you know, you want a phone that's going to last you for several years, you know, three, four years is what you're hoping for. And if, and also, if you know you, you don't want to be running up against software problems or you don't feel confident diving into Android settings menus to fix things, you're going to have a smoother ride with with the S21 series. Mm. Um, the yeah. other caveat, of course, is screen size. There is no small Me 11. It only comes in <laughs> 6.81 inch. This is a big ass phone size. Is piece. there a one handed um, mode? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I never use one handed modes. I don't know if there is or not. Um, I haven't delved in to find one. Um, but it is a big phone if you don't like that there is an S21 that's not a big phone and there just is no equivalent Mi 11 right so if, if yeah. and you know even the S21 is what, 6.2 6.3 inch display Yeah, it's there. not like, a small it's not phone small. No, it's still
1: sizable um
0: but yeah like the Mi 11 only comes in S21 ultra size which is kind of wild yeah uh but yeah they are two two sides of a Coin and, and both both good sets of flagships both a bit imperfect. Um, I'm yeah. kind of hoping we're still going to see him beaten in March. But we know we've got the Find X three. If you bought them, no, I, it was absolutely. I I don't want to sound too down on either of these. We gave um, both S twenty the S twenty one and S twenty plus both have four star reviews on the site. I don't mm-hmm. know if Tony knows what score he's giving. It's going to be higher. Yet. It's going to be Ooh. higher. Um, I think the Mi 11 is also a 4 star I haven't decided it's going live after this show And I might change my mind and make it 4.5 But it's, it's in Whoa. that range, so very, very close um, Which I guess, you know, mathematically speaking Means the Ultra wins The phone we've barely spoken about <laughs> uh, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to see the Oppo Find X3 Turn up in March, we expect And the OnePlus 9 series um, And the next Xperia as well Sony's next flagship set, the Xperia One Mark III, we're expecting to see. So I'm still kind of optimistic we're going to see something turn up that, I don't know, meets these phones in the middle a bit. as some of those, that hardcore hardware from the Xiaomi side, but uh, a smoother OS like Color OS or Oxygen OS that annoys us. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Uh, until then, we will see. Um, we will wrap that up for today. Uh, Apologies to anyone who was trying to watch the video version of this that went horrendously wrong and just died. <laughs> um, and if you're just on the audio version anyway, then I'm sorry, that doesn't mean anything to you because you've just been listening calmly for the last hour, having a grand old time. Uh, we will be back <laughs> next week to talk about, um, I don't know, some phones, I guess. We're coming back next Thursday. That's the fourth. So that's the day that Nubia and Realme launch. But I'm not sure how their launch times line up with our podcast time. I mean, if they're Chinese, so don't know.
1: it'll be late in the day.
0: I think we uh early in the day sure. early in the morning. So i, I yeah. think i think both of them might have launched by the time we are we do the show next week so with a Fingers bit of a loss yeah we will be talking about the red magic 6 and the realme gt uh, just after they've launched next week but we will see stay tuned uh all right thanks toddy thanks lewis and thank you to everyone listening
2: bye thank you very much bye guys